She's being healthy. But like, but I think this is the third time this year that I've gone. I guess it's like once a week. Surfing? Yeah. This is live. This is, hi, hello, hello, hello. Is this me? Is this me? This is you. Hi, 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 hi. You're listening to live to tape here on the. In the hi, it's live to tape. Please rate and review the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to get extra content, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/live to tape, or you can just look up live to tape on the uh, Patreon. Today my guest is here. He's a this is this is a guest right now making sounds. Does it feel pretty good to be making those sounds? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. 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 I'm Sam. Hey, Sam. Sam Brown. Welcome to the podcast, Sam Brown. Hey. Sam Brown of the International Education Society known as uh, Memphis. It's an acronym without the P-H-M-E-M-F-I-S-Z. Is that correct, Sam? Great. Uh, We have you on. What if this was like a weird thing where I'm recording you, like I tricked you into thinking this was a podcast, but actually I'm I'm putting you on tape like like a trial where... (laughs) All right. Uh, the date is January twenty third, two thousand seventeen. Uh, Samuel Brown, please state your name for the record. That it sounds that sounds like a good like Fox show where it's like a guy who has a fake podcast, but it's really to like get people to admit crimes Simpl- and stuff like that. Hi. He's working with the FBI. This is called You Can't Plead the Fifth. This is called Perjure Yourself. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Perjure Yourself, the podcast. Well, perjure. Done. 
This is isn't that a fun sound? I don't know why I like that sound so much. It's so much like a monk, like, like a, a monk? Tibetan monk yeah. kind of. Well, here this will this will get us into the monk territory. Oh. Or is also. It's like baraka. Did you, did you ever see baraka? What is that? I've never seen that. It's one of those things a musician friend of mine talked about a lot back in the day. Like we, it was a thing that you talk about if you were a weed smoker. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a movie time, you would see if you were a weed it's smoker. It's a big time. You into weed? You're gonna yeah. you're gonna talk, dude. You see Baraka? Baraka's basically Planet Earth with uh, no narration. Oh, so better. So yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the world. It's sort of like Koyaanisqatsi or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's very much in the, it's Koyaanisqatsi minus Philip Glass. And also maybe minus the message of uh, industrialization industrialization as a means to destruction. Yeah. It's funny there's uh there they there's it's two movies. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a sequel to it called Samsara. I've seen Samsara. There you go. So okay. it's like the same I love Samsara. They were like, Hey, we Samsara. need to find out what happens to the world. We right. need a sequel. Uh they need a prequel is what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no, you can adjust that mic the, if you need. The funny thing about Samsara, I remember I saw it and, and there's one scene in Samsara that I thought was so funny, which was uh, and not funny, but like they they have all like the this like one scene where it's like uh, chickens, like little hens, and, mm-hmm. and they're in some sort of like they're being raised for food kind right. of thing, little like chickadees, and they're they're getting like their beaks branded, and, like looks off. But then they cut to uh, a time lapse shot of a of a McDonald's or a Burger King in a very like uh, portly family, just like eating. I don't remember that part. You don't remember that? No, it's is like, it Sansara? It's like, yeah, it's like just like chickens like being like rounded by machines oh. and getting their beaks burned. And it's like you're like, oh, this is horrible. And then all of a sudden, it's like time lapse of, of, of fat people eating Burger King. Consuming it. And, and just like just like, ti- like like eating these big meals. And I think the, the funny thing is, is that like the reality of it where mm-hmm. it's like there was – these people had a Burger King, and someone came. Hey, we're shooting a movie. Can we film you? Can, can we, we film you gorging? Yeah, we just want. We're just gonna film you eating your food. I'd and like the, to film you filling your gullet. And they're like, "Ah, oh, what, what's the movie called? Oh, it's it's Sam Sarah. It's gonna. Oh, oh wow. Oh, oh Sam Sarah. Yeah, okay, I've never heard of that. That sounds cool. Oh, Who's yeah. in that? <laughs> well. <laughs> That's not really what it is, but yeah, it'll come out in theaters, and then they're uh-huh. like, probably like, like, oh, some Sarah's coming out. Oh, we gotta, we gotta drive. I bet they didn't even tell him three this. hours. It's called. It's actually untitled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mayonnaise commercial. This is just a mayonnaise commercial. I wonder also too if they didn't like. You think it's like kind of maybe exploitive or it makes if paints those people in a bad light? But if you're those people, would you maybe just be like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, I realize that we're not, but I don't care. They probably don't give a shit. They probably really yeah. don't give a shit that they that they are that just because it's the same reason when you see any person. It's like I'm just I'm just happy you asked, man. Yeah. I don't care that you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, I'm interesting. Or it's like yeah, we knew that was happening. I used yeah. to work on a chicken farm. <laughs> I, I used to work on. How else would we? Yeah, this Fully is aware. of course this is how we get yeah. our food. Yeah, yeah, this is how we get it. It's disgusting. How else would we get it? How else would we get it? Tastes good though. Yeah. Taste can't laugh can't lie about that taste. It's 
got that salt injection. It's yeah. good. Salt injection is a good thing. This is how they get that taste. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of, I kind of do feel that way to some extent. Yeah. It's just like, what do you do? What do you, what's the solution to, to dealing with uh, what is the? Because it's, it's just a fact. Yeah. Everything's kind of terrible. Everything. If you look, if you look down, if you look further enough back, if you follow the cord, if you start pulling up, a, you find like a cord in the ground. You start yeah. pulling up, finding where it goes. It's gonna go to some place that's bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm uh, not well, exactly. This is horrible. I like, I hate dropping this, but I'm listening to the book on tape of uh, Grapes of Wrath right now. Why is that bad to say that? I mean, just, just I always feel like it's weird being like I'm listening to the book on tape. Like, people, oh, I think like, of all the books on tape, I'd want to listen to it. Probably be that. I have like a historic. I've tried so many times to listen to books on tape, but I, I kind of realized recently that it's just I'm not a person who can do it. The, I am the opposite. Really? I can. I, I'm so like for some reason. I think maybe I'm dyslexic or something because I like. I like kind of like. Yeah, you look dyslexic, <laughs> man. <laughs> I like like nod off whenever I try and sit down oh, and really? read something. It takes. I have to like read a page like three times. But if I'm listening to it, I get it and it rolls. And what I happens? Okay, well, you, probably in the car, right? In the car. Um, I said I was surfing earlier but like all like while you're surfing uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you got your waterproof uh listening station headphones, yeah. oh my god no. that'd be fucking funny dude what somebody's yelling at you dude you fucking listening bro I'm like, oh i'm sorry i was listening to grapes of wrath i didn't mean to cut you off yeah. i didn't mean to sorry. steal your just pipe. some steinbeck just a little steinbeck here on the beach you kook uh <laughs> no no I, I do uh 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 board repair which is a lot of sanding and is it and while I'm like listening, how much sanding is it? It's a process of basically you mix this like kind of epoxy, like uh-huh. it's like kind of like this glue, and you pour it in, sand it down. Oh, pour it on. Sounds kind of meditative. Pour it down. Very meditative, but yeah, it's a great place to to listen to a yeah, book BOT. On yeah, uh, but where do you do the board repair? Like under, like by the trash cans at my apartment. Wow. Like there's a that's cool car hold kind of thing. Yeah, you know, car park. It, yeah, do it out, out there. Carport. Yeah. Do you have a saw sawhorses or something? Or I like? for Christmas got some sawhorses. What kind? Upgrade. Up, uh, adjustable. They're those like black plastic sawhorses. Okay. I they got do. some wooden ones called Burrow. Oh, nice. Oh, I think I've seen those. They're good. They barely fit in my car. These yeah. are good because they fold up. I yeah. think that's handy, but also. Just cheap. They they like fall apart. Like like the unsnap all mm-hmm. the time, and I'm, I have to swear at them. You know, fucking say horse. You get you get mad at your saw horse. Shit horse. Uh, That's so interesting, man. I, how did you get into surfing? Uh, I I'm from Cape Cod. Uh huh. And when I was 18, I was like, hey, I'm gonna try surfing. And like where I'm from, there's no surfing. And but uh, me and a buddy kind of, of mine. There's no surfing in Cape Cod. It's well, the there's. Ocean. Uh, Dude, it's the ocean, Sam. <laughs> I'm from Sandwich, which is on the bay. From a place called Sandwich. From a town called Sandwich. A which town is, called Sandwich. So Cape Cod's shaped like a, a, a flexing arm. Yeah. Like a, it's like, and so Sandwich is like on the shoulder. Okay. And so there's no waves that oh, no so you're waves in the sound. that come you're in, very in the bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to drive all the way to the coast, the outer coast. And that's not easy. Uh, it's like a good like hour long drive, which I think has made me used to, like when I eventually moved to L.A. and mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to surf out here. It I, takes an hour unless you're incredibly wealthy. 
Yeah, unless you, you have that nice Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. But you were talking about grapes of wrath on tape. You had like a thing you were about to but, say. Oh yeah, but uh, it's crazy because it's like you're, there. It's all this. It's a story about people who are uh, being starved and mm-hmm. uh, who are being uh, like denied work and yeah, they, have uh, they have nothing. And people want to make sure that they have nothing because it, it's cheaper labor. Yeah, and uh, they're uh, burning crops and just to like keep prices high right. yet all these people are starving and it's like yeah well, we we have it pretty good we do yeah i mean like i'm here we're here in california where uh-huh. that book we're in cal we're out california way where where it takes place yeah. and yeah they used to have people the whole thing is like they hand out these these they send out these uh handbills across the country that's like there's work in california when there isn't or maybe there's uh, 50 50 jobs 50 jobs thousands of people mm -hmm. come and then they can pay the workers less yeah and yeah it's maybe a kind of say it's even happening today still just in a different way yeah like maybe that was a very concrete example of of worker exploitation but now it's like it's so diffused because so diffuse, diffused. It's it's you know, it's that it's that thing where it's kind of like you can't really put your finger on the source of the problem, but yet there is a problem. Yeah. In terms of, I don't know that whole wor- that whole working wage thing is something that's gonna. It seems like the future is is pretty bleak in terms of people getting a getting a job. Yeah, because there's just I was I just did quotes everybody when I said job. <laughs> I wonder if that was was that conveyed. I feel like that might have been conveyed the way I said job. So, what was what was the last like like job job that you had? Like I'm just out of curiosity. I know it's your show. Job but. job. No, I like this is great. I like this. The last yeah. job job I had, I guess, was working when I worked at um, the first job I had when I moved here, which is I think for worked for maybe almost two years at Fox dot com. At the website uh, for the website of Fox, it worked at Fox on the Fox lot, but I did stuff for. I worked in the web department of Fox, and that was like a job. That was like an office job. What was what was your like? What was your day to day? Well, if, when I first worked there, I was doing vi- something called viral marketing, which I think doesn't really exist anymore. A lot of stuff back then didn't. This is pre two thousand eight, so this this is, was back when there was tons of money to this throw. This is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic right. but it was a different world it was a super different world because everyone was so fucking wealthy yeah and they and could even these corporations would there was one time they sent us to aspen to cover the comedy festival then oh in 2008 probably 2007 uh, 2000 I was you, there you were in 2007 there. i think it was probably 2007 no wait i guess 2006 it also might have been the, honestly. It could have been. Yeah. My memory doesn't serve me right in terms of what, what year it was. Yeah. It was probably 2006 or 2007. They sent us their last minute to cover a Family Guy table read, to film it. <laughs> Two of us. I was there for no no sensible reason other than I was the producer, quote unquote, of the Family Guy website, but not even the Family Guy website. Like, this is back when. Just the internet was people didn't look at the internet. Yeah, like there oh, was yeah. no Facebook. Yeah, well, there mean, was Facebook. It was like in its infancy. It was just thing yeah, where it was MySpace and Friendster. Yeah. 
and nobody went to the Fox websites. Like no one visited them. Well, YouTube changed everything. Yeah. Because like bef- before YouTube, you forget that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like before that, like like you forget that. Uh, like you didn't really watch videos online mm-hmm. as much because like, you couldn't. There wasn't yeah. enough bandwidth to watch it. And I remember uh, back when uh, when Whitest Kids, which the for anyone who doesn't know, is the, the comedy troupe. I was Whitest in. Kids, people you know. are like, "Who's this Sam guy?" Uh, Sam was a wow, Sam is a founded integral member of the. Uh, this is by Wikipedia Voice. Oh, cool. Sam Brown is a founding integral oh, member like of the Whitest Kids You Know. A sketch group founded uh, by members, by by men who went to the same college. Yeah, yeah. And they founded School it, of Visual Arts. School of Visual Arts in Virginia, uh, New York City. New York City, close to pretty close by. They yeah. founded this West, because you know, which went on to become a television program on the Fuse Network. Yeah, and which aired for many seasons, much t- to great popularity and one, success. One season on Fuse, four on IFC. There you go. Both four, uh, Fuse is four, IFC is three. But there you have it. The history of Sam Brown in a nutshell. Uh, but before we had a show, right. uh, we had a website, like yeah. much like the Family Guy website. And we were we, looking at that website, uh, man. We had to host our own videos. We like we were responsible yeah. for hosting the videos. And one day we had a video that's a, a Hitler rap video. Uh-huh. And it got picked up by blogs and it essentially went viral. And the site went down. And the site went down. Right. And the uh, we cr- we crashed other sites too God. because we went viral. So then we had to pay more. Yeah. Which is crazy because now if you ever did that, people would be giving you money. Right. But that's how backward. So when YouTube came out, we were like, "Oh, this is great. We can. Put we don't have to pay. F- we don't have to pay so much to put yeah. our stuff up." See, I wasn't at that point even close to making stuff then, so I didn't even know. I get it. I guess I didn't realize the reality of that struggle that you had to have. Yeah, you have to fucking pay money to host your shit. And, yeah, and it, you have to pay by the, the the megabyte. The more it gets used, the more you got to pay, which is ironic. It's like yeah, it's almost like a tax of sorts. Yeah, no one realized like, hey, mm-hmm. there's there's money to be earned from people looking at your stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. You, you guys are, are such early internet. I remember looking at you on my friend's computer in college, like watching those, watching that, watching the Stella shorts, and watching those videos that Eric Fensler made, the G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. Those are the three things I remember seeing in college. Um, Did you go to E-Bombs World? Oh, of course. <laughs> that was yeah. that was early internet E-Bombs, right there. E-Bombs World was the fucking greatest. It was yeah. the ultimate thing. And now it's we're so far. I think that's where I first saw the grape lady. What's the grape lady? The the lady that's on the news that's stomping on the grapes. Oh yeah. I think that has to be one of my all time favorite internet videos. Mm-hmm. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like instant karma. All, yeah, yeah. She's cheating. She's mm-hmm. like like being fun and playful and cheating. And it, you can tell like, and I love that it took a while for them to cut back to the studio because in my mind they're. Laughing hysterically, yeah. and they're like composed. Uh, composed. Uh, uh, you can tell she has she cannot breathe. Uh, 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 uh. Some guy I know. I met this guy. I can't remember his name. I met him at a comedy show, like the first comedy tour we ever did. This must have been fucking twelve years ago, maybe ten, maybe eleven years. We ten were years so ago. young then. 
Yeah, I did it with Duncan and Val and Ryan Flynn. And we went to North Carolina and Atlanta and stuff. And I met some dude. I think this is on the tour. I met this weird experimental musician who gave me this record. I've got somewhere around here. But it's got, it had like a thousand posters in it and all this weird experimental music. And he, I remember he had a track where he sampled <laughs> that fucking sound. I thought it was so cool. Like, what a cool dude, man. What a fucking, what a hip dude. It's, That's it a is cool hip. Sound. I should play yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to play it. Um, I'm going to play it right now. So you're gonna I'm going to edit this. And, edit, yeah. Edit it. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. Did you enjoy that? We just, I just, <laughs> in post, I edited that in. I wish I could have heard it. God, I could find like, it for oh, you. That sounds really good. Maybe we should find it real quick and play it. Uh, sure. I'm gonna pause it. I'm, gonna pa- right, I'm gonna right. actually gonna play it for real. Okay. Do it. okay yeah. Hold on. This is payback for buying him a pink guitar. There it is. Oh my God. I'm gonna listen to this one forever. This is actually pretty fucking rad, man. Yeah. I like how it goes from like this, like, really, like, chippy kind of uh, drums to all of a sudden this, like, really reverby. It sounds like Jesus Lizard drums. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. We're only a minute and 27 seconds in. How long is this? This is about three minutes long. Oh, okay. oh. Actually, it's not even that. It's about two minutes. Oh, nice. The artist is Bacon-9. This guy was definitely like, Ahead of his time. fuck the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to track him down now. I've got to track this guy down. It's cool. Do you think he sampled those drums, or do you think he recorded those drums? It's hard to say. He seemed like a pretty hip dude. He might have recorded those drums. But those do have that big Albini sound that's hard to get. Okay, we've now transitioned to the next song. And we're not going to listen to this entire album, but there you have it, man. Fucking rad, huh? Yeah. That's old. That's, that's I a, love shit like that. That's a B from the P. Uh, it's a blast from the blast. Do you make music? Um, not really. I guess. I mean, I guess in the maybe the strict sense of the word, yes, I I make music, but I guess I do. I guess the thing is, I I, I feel like you know that thing where uh, I can't think of what it's called. The thing that where the person who knows. Like the person who's really good at piano says they're bad at piano because they know how good 
other people are. Yeah. There's a name for this. It's called like Dunch Dunch Mind Syndrome. So you say you don't make music because you know how good other people are, but yeah. you're really good at music. Well, no, more <laughs> like I know how productive people who are who actually make music. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've made some songs and stuff, but I, I wouldn't consider that. I guess technically like, I've made music, but I don't feel like I'm like a person who actively is is engaged in that so it's hard. i feel weird saying have that. you ever been in a band yeah i've been in a bunch of bands yeah uh mm-hmm. so i played music but a lot of times i wasn't writing that music i mean yeah uh i think like like for me like it's one of my biggest hobbies is is making really music how but so like, like what, what kind of stuff do you like to make um i like i play around on ableton like sometimes i'll like give myself like a little like uh um a challenge Mm -hmm. just to learn stuff like i I like uh um will like be like oh i want to learn pro tools like it did this where i I wanted to learn pro tools so it was like all right uh take a song and i picked a a yellow by cold play and i was like record that song Uh uh-huh and you'll learn the program through doing it. And then, yeah, I, I'll, like, play around with Pro Tools and uh, just do, like, like it, it's, yeah, it's I don't consider myself mm-hmm. a musician. Or a recording engineer. But, yeah, I, I love, like, pl- making stuff. And I love, yeah. like, having that stuff. I've made, like, a little, like, SoundCloud album. Okay. Uh, or, like, yeah. five-song thing. But, like, yeah. And, like... Uh, recently, I was like just learning to play the piano, just of like really sitting down and like picking songs. And YouTube's a great resource for instructions. And I'll just—it's kind of crazy how you can pretty much learn to do anything because of YouTube now. Yeah, I was I was uh, working with uh, some musicians and uh, or sound engineers, and they were, you know, we were. It was for this pilot, and we wanted these songs, and we wanted like a, um, that uh, the the pilot was called Boyfriends, and we wanted that thing where it goes boyfriends, right? For like a thing, and so we were at, we were like, yeah, we want and the guy was like, oh, what is that? And didn't know how to do it, but then goes, all right, YouTube, and pulls up a, a video how of like some twelve-year-old being like all right this is how you do a stutter oh, edit. and then uh and he's like yeah this is my job now it's That's like funny. anything i don't know i go on youtube and i find a 12 year old to tell me how mm-hmm. to do it that's fucking rad yeah i feel like i've learned a bunch of stuff that way also there's also times too when i get super frustrated and i'm like i can't find anyone to tell me i can't describe what it is i don't know how to do so i can't figure out someone to tell me i can't figure out who to how to tell someone what it is I don't know. Yeah. No, totally. That's where I fucking get pissed, Sam. Yeah. So, I mean, but like, that's like the funny thing is you're like YouTubing, like, like you're like mm-hmm. throwing stuff into Google. That's like some weird description of like, it smells like lavender, but it's not lavender. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like, uh, uh, apple, but it's also dishwalla. Like, sounds like how apple smells. <laughs> sounds like how apples smell. Glick. <laughs> J- Glimmony Jicks. Glimmony. Yeah. yeah, what a show. That was a Jim- fucking, that was a killer Glick. show. Yeah. That show was just, that, man. Man alive. What a show. Just like, 
Let's let's put someone in a fat suit, you know. Let's put someone in a fat suit and have them just be the funniest person <laughs> ever to be to do it. Like, yeah. oh, uh, look, this is just the funniest thing of all time. Because it really is. that shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Did you watch it? I watched a bunch of it. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I never watched. It. Oh, Sam, it really is funny. I just, it is. It's fucking. It's madness. I mean, I do. I do love Martin Short and that. He. Like, it's one of these things where. It's just like the funniest thing ever. You need more water. I was thinking about this recently. Is uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about not to talk about comedy in like a serious way. Talk about like, it serious way. It's funny how comedy. Is, like I teach, and so I have to yeah. kind of like ex- explain. You're stuff on the ground floor. No, sorry, you you have boots on the ground. <laughs> yeah, boots on the ground. Uh, little soldiers, little foot soldiers. Uh, but uh, like what? A part of what we do is we we master stupidity. Yeah. Like, I don't think of myself as a, as a smart man, uh, but I think of myself as, like, a good, stupid man. Right. I'm really good at it's being stupid. stupid. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've devoted my life to is, like... The perfection what, of stupidity. Yeah, perfect stupidity in that perfection way. Perfection of failure, maybe, is what it is. And I think you know what uh, one of my favorite jokes, say Martin, Martin Short made me think of this is you know uh, Three Amigos uh-huh. love Three Amigos. Oh, me. Uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> the the, the uh, you're the three. <laughs> amigos. <laughs> is that a part of the yeah, movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that movie's fucking yeah. Randy Newman did the song. Yeah, he did. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Uh, I've only seen that movie. Actually, I haven't seen that movie since my loss of innocence. Really? Not not virginity. I mean, like more like loss of innocence <laughs> in terms of like being a person who, oh oh, I know what they're doing. Yeah. Like I I I've, I've seen behind the curtain now. You know, because I've worked behind the curtain. The one joke, is, there's a scene where they walk out of the bar. And right. Tell me if you remember this. Is, uh, they, uh, Martin Short goes, hey, that's, a, that's a, a Tubman 309. I flew that in one of my movies. Mm-hmm. It's a, and he goes, it's a mail plane. And they go, how do you know? And he goes, because yeah. of the little balls. <laughs> and, uh, he's, and he starts laughing. And, uh-huh. they're, and uh, Steve Martin and Chevy Chase are looking for the little balls. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, Steve Martin realizes that he's laughing, thinks about what he said, and then it get he gets it, and he yeah. starts laughing hysterically at this yeah. very dumb joke. And then you can see Chevy Chase realize that he doesn't get why they're laughing, but they're laughing. And so he starts laughing. He starts laughing, but you can tell he doesn't know it. And that's like that movie and that perfection of three idiots is yeah. that they're three different idiots yeah and different types of idiots we're like martin short's the idiot that made that dumb joke uh-huh. steve martin's the idiot that doesn't immediately get that dumb joke but then but gets likes it. it and chevy chase is such an idiot he just doesn't get it but would fake getting it because just. he's such an idiot he wants to be accepted he cares yeah. about laughing at the guy so because he's so like yeah yeah I think it's an amazing dynamic. Did that movie? Did that? Is that like? Was that like a Dream Team movie? You think? I don't. I don't know the history of it now, but that's got to be. It must have been a I big mean, movie. Yeah. 
But I, I, I think it like I'm not sure if this is true, but I think it like didn't do the best. Really? Yeah. But yeah, I think Dream Team. And then it's funny though because the guy that played uh, El, Guapo El Guapo totally steals the movie. Oh, he's the greatest. Of, would you say <laughs> that I have a plethora of pinatas? Oh yes. yes. Oh yes, Salapo, you have a plethora of pinatas. Do you know what a plethora is? Oh my God, I thought about that millions of times. Uh, yeah, a plethora. <laughs> when a Guapo want a woman, he take a woman. <laughs> he opens up the present. Uh, it's a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweater. Oh my God! I have to go watch it today, listeners. After yeah. you go to the Patreon page and subscribe to get your extra content, <laughs> go and watch Three Amigos. I'm gonna. Yeah. I gotta watch Hit it subscribe. ASAP. So well, those, those guys were all studs back then, right? Yeah, that was, was all oh, post yeah. SNL. They were like fucking studs, bro. They were fucking studs. Yeah. So the guys were all fucking studs of the comedy world at that point. So that was just like a gravy train. It was like a that must have been some big producer director dude in charge of that shit. I th- was it a Lorne Michaels movie? It might have been because I mean, I mean Phil Hartman it, and John Lovitz are in it. I I mean I forgot for like a second. Yeah, in I, the beginning. I can't wait to rewatch this now. Uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. Do you think they can, think movies like that can be made anymore? Like a movie that's like a big studio comedy. That's got like I don't know. Part of me I don't know if it's I, it's hard for me to tell sometimes what's the old man of me thinking that uh, oh, the kids can't do it like we used to, or if it really the landscape has changed to the point where movies like that don't get made for the same reasons that I was talking about the Fox having this money to fly two idiots to do yeah. a job that never even <laughs> needed to get done kind of thing. You well, know? I, th- I think they squeak by. They I did. think that's how yeah. it happens because sometimes you know, like like people get so excited about certain things that mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, let's just let let's just give them the the keys to the castle and let them do whatever. Yeah, and I think I think that's happened with uh, um, the the Lonely Island guys. I, I think for for my tastes, I think uh, uh, MacGruber was one of the right best. Com- my favorite comedy of the past 10 years, I would say. Is that a Lonely Island movie, though? It's directed by either Kiva? Y- Yorma or Kiva. Okay. Which would, the it's, one that didn't direct thing, hot, hot Rod. Okay. The other one. God, I don't know. That, I can't remember either way. I feel bad that I Because Akiva like, oh, directed the, movie, the first movie I ever... Well, the second movie I ever did, I think, Akiva directed it. Oh, which one is that? Uh, uh, the Watch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was originally called Neighborhood Watch. You died in that, didn't you? I was. I was. I mean, it's it's weird to say this now, but not, not so much. Actually, it's less weird to say it now. But I was essentially the Trayvon Martin of that movie, except for <laughs> for very obvious different reasons. Because that was a movie yeah. about aliens and a bunch of idiot neighborhood watchmen, and Trayvon Martin is a is not a comedy, and it's real life. Yeah, and he real was life and a tragedy. Because, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but there was a, there was a bunch of newspapers that published. My face next to his because they're talking about how this movie accidentally <laughs> is about neighborhood watchmen overstepping their bounds. Oh! So they changed the movie. The movie didn't open in Florida because oh, you know weird. you can't you can't have it open in the place that the thing <laughs> kind of hap- that's has nothing to do with that happened for yeah. some weird fucking bullshit reason, and it got changed to the watch, which is basically the hardest word to say. Like if I say, <laughs> "Oh, it's the watch," like. I'm sorry. What did you say? 
Yeah, the watch. The watch. The the, the, the watch. watch. Oh, the what is it? It's about a neighborhood watch. Oh, neighborhood watch. Oh, it, it makes instant sense to me. How come you <laughs> didn't say that? Oh, because if we called neighborhood watch, it would make people remind people of George Zimmerman. Well, George, he, he was like, a big. Uh, he hated aliens. Yeah, George yeah. Zimmerman. <laughs> Zimmerman hated aliens. That was his big thing. Yeah, it's like what a fucking complete, like incredible, terrible coincidence that just ruined. Like I don't think Richard Iowati will do American films anymore because of that movie. <laughs> that was the first movie he did as an, an actor, like a big. I was supposed to break him as an American actor, and I think he just had a fucking miserable time of it. How how was uh, how was your experience? I was it? I mean I was new to that yeah. whole thing. I was it was gravy for me because I was staying in this nice hotel in Atlanta for like three weeks and I got to work with fucking Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn and how she, are they? They're great. Those guys. I mean, I I, don't, I think honestly, there's some for some for multi, for two reasons. One just by chance, and one probably what I'm what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I think I'm I've constantly been insulated from assholes even though i've worked with a lot of people who are considered notorious assholes but i think if you're if you're an actor a lot of times you just don't see or feel it yeah and also i just think i've been lucky like well oh that guy's a, that guy's the worst i'm like i actually have got nothing but nothing good things to say about the person you think is terrible i think it's funny though because i mean i think you know uh it's just people don't think i think you know like if you really think about it, how many people that you're friends with are like when it comes down to it, assholes in some situations? Yeah, because every, everyone has times when they, oh, you mean that person was not perfect? Yeah, you mean that person like was having a bad day when you were having the best day because you saw this person you love, <laughs> and you mean maybe that you built this person up in your mind to the point where. Nothing they could possibly do other than take off your shoes and fucking lick your toes <laughs> would make you happy and not disappointed because you've built them up to this, such an extreme degree that nothing they do could possibly live up to what you've decided that they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like even <laughs> beyond that, like it's just a better story that like, oh, this person, it's either the story is either they were amazing mm -hmm. or they were awful. Right. Like it's, it's not like, hey, I'm, I met Vince Vaughn. How was he? Very normal fine. and uh, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's that's fine, like not uh, a great story. Everyone right. likes the other stories. Oh. Everyone needs something, you know. My favorite thing is when I first moved to LA. How much you'd hear people say describe someone as really nice, which was code for so. Uh, so, um, oh, you, who are you talking about? You're talking about um, who's like a you're talking about? You guys talking about Tom Cruise right now? Yeah, he's really nice. And you go get your drink. Like, wait a second. Wait, he's, what, what do you mean he's nice? That means you. That means you met him? Oh, I didn't tell you that? Yeah, actually, I met him on the and I worked with him. So, you fucking, you didn't, you didn't do shit. You just happened to be in the same room as that person. Yeah. And maybe bumped and said, excuse me. And he's like, oh, no problem. Yeah. He's really nice. That's like the, the my favorite code, <laughs> how LA Hollywood code is. He's wow. at, or this is the best. Check out what time it is. Chill. Ladies Chill. and gentlemen, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, it's currently, it's currently 4.20 p.m. I'm here with Sam Brown in the studio at 4.20 p.m. Chill. Sam Brown is currently a person who abstains from alcohol. 
and he currently, according to recent metric data I collected personally, is abstaining from the use of marijuana. But the time just came up on my computer in the background, and I think he might think about changing this motherfucking tune. Sam, what do you say to those allegations slash accusations? Um, I, I still, I still really, uh, in a way, love the, uh, um, the, the, the silliness of marijuana culture. Marijuana culture. Yeah, dude, I'm high. I'm smelling it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just so funny. Uh, I think my, my, uh, your mom? No, uh, my... Your dad. My, my mom, uh, no, my, my screen name on most things is Sam Brown 42069. Sam Brown 42069. 420's the time we smoke weed. 69 is putting your dick on a pussy and your pussy and or actually... Uh, no, it's on the face. Oh, sorry. It's... Dick in a face and a pussy in a face. Yeah. Or dick or in a face, face and a dick in a yeah. face. Or pussy in a face and pussy in a face. Any sex organ between the legs goes in the face of another. And likewise and reciprocal. It's like a oral sex massage circle. Yeah. Um, Would you like the hell? <laughs> uh, do, do you go to the dispensaries? Do I go? Yeah, definitely. I go to dispensaries. Yeah, uh, they're they're funny, right? I remember the first time I went to a dispensary, man. I thought it was just a, 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 the first time. I was so impressed, but I've also never been so not impressed by the <laughs> second one I went to. Yeah, I was like, this sucks. You make me. You're making me feel uncomfortable. You don't have a lot of product available. Oh, that that one's the worst. The one that's like, oh, we have four strains here. Right. Wait, what do you want to buy? The indica, the sativa, or the hybrid? And you're talking to a Russian girl yeah. who's been hired because she has blonde hair and she's under 30. Yeah. As you know, the mob runs this fucking place. And she's, she's pissed off that she's not allowed, that, that you're taking her away from watching the end of Rush Hour 2. Yeah, Rush Hour with subtitles. <laughs> subtitles in that cool Russian language. <laughs> I've never been in one. Yeah, I've never been so uncomfortable because I just felt like because I'm not like a person who is involved in culture. Like I've never had a car that uh, had rims or a muffler or any whatever that culture is that's sort of kind of badass and tangential to crime and cool and like that's going to the club. Yeah, I've never bottle service anything like that. Never even been close to it. Almost, actually, I would say I've lived an entire life. But the basis for my taste growing up was the antithesis of that. And so there is like an inherent mis... There is a, as an element to weed culture. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. there's different levels. There's different like branches of weed culture. And one branch is flat bill hat or backwards hat and fucking muffler on the car. They go... Yeah. And then there's also... Dudes like, like I was into to jam bands and burning incense and that kind of shit. I I think that the 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 prior uh, sect of weed culture is surprisingly been the loudest. What you uh, mean, uh, mean the flat most, bill muffler? As as far as like like going to dispensaries and stuff like that, they're they're the early adopters of like, hey, let's 
let's all work at dispensaries. Right. Let's and commodify let's like, it. Let's make it flashy. Yeah. Shiny. And, but it's there. It's like every dispensary has like the same poster of of Bob Marley in this in some sort of like painting, Scarface painting. Yeah. Uh, and. Or it's like a painting of like Scarface at a bar with the Godfather. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scarface at the Scarface at the bar with the Godfather. You're listening to Live Tape, now known as Scarface at the bar with the Godfather and Bob Marley. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, more like Boulevard. I'm so stoned, I'm going to cream. <sighs> That was Hurricane. Hurricane Her- Jim just came through here. It was pretty small, <laughs> but it was in a lot of waves. Her- yeah. You ever been in a hurricane, man? Hurricane Bob. You have? Hurricane Bob, yeah. When was that? Uh, That was, I feel like, 1990, maybe even like 88. Wow. Came through Massachusetts. So you were a little kid then. Little kid. Power went out for a week. Uh, And also, um, I was... Uh, this is I, I don't come off great in this story. Uh, um, hurricane when uh, the Hurricane Sandy happened, right? Uh, me and my mom. Let me, let me actually back up. I had a, a relative who was uh, when I grew up was uh, uh, had re- run multiple marathons, and he had come down with uh, uh, he had contracted. Uh, uh, TB? Uh, no. Uh, Pneumonia. Um, AIDS. Secularism. Uh, cancer. It's. Uh, oh, what kind of cancer? What, what was, part of the body? Uh, Thyroid cancer. The lymphoma. Which one did uh, Steve Jobs die from? I didn't. Even, I don't know. You have lymphoma? Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? No, it was cancer. Le- uh, leukemia? No. Man, it's, it's blood cancer. But yeah, really bad, like almost like death sentency. Okay, pancreatic cancer. Maybe. Pancreatic's pretty bad. Yeah, I think maybe that was okay. it. Uh, and, uh, I was like, you know what, like, uh, I should be healthier and I should, you know, I feel like so helpless in this situation. So I wanted to make a positive out of it. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run, uh, and I did it before, but I, it was like, I'm going to run the New York, New York marathon again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to raise money for, uh, for cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Found a charity that would take me as like a a, a submission, you know. So I this just had person, to r- this person was close to you. And my mom, she was like, she was like, I'll do it too. Mm-hmm. And so me and my mom ended up raising, uh, I think it was around eight thousand dollars collectively for. Uh, but then the charity was the um, was Livestrong, and oh. it was the year that like the whole Lance Armstrong scandal, ha- like after we were like committed to raising this right. money for Livestrong and all the scandal. But it's still, it's a good yeah, cause. Yeah, that's the big irony, because I used to hate Lance Armstrong. Right? I used to have an email address that was go away Lance Armstrong. <laughs> this is like 12 years ago, right? Yeah. I used to actively talk shit about him because I thought he was like pompous and stuff. Yeah. And then like fast forward to when he gets fucking clipped, 
I like slowly started to feel the opposite. I'm like, wait, this is a guy who, I mean, he's imperfect, right? He cheated yeah. on his wife and shit, and he like did all the stuff, you know, one testicle. But he, yeah, he 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 doped, but he also fucking raised such a fucking massive amount of money for it was charity. A huge foundation. Who like, gives was, a fuck? Yeah. He did some doping. All those motherfuckers dope. And like All I, of them do. I had an uncle who was like, I'm not going to give money to that, that asshole. And I'm like, you're not giving money to him. No. <laughs> it's and not going it's, to the Lance Armstrong legal fund. It's still, it's uh, so weird how, how mad we get about something like that. I mean, so it's so mad that he, he had the gall to be, to like do something that everyone does, but because he's the face of the organization, when he, when he gets caught for it, it's yeah. just like despicable. Yeah, and so we 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 I think our reactions are often based on how how far whatever transgression is from their image. Yeah, it's or, I think it's also like a personal reflection too, because you, it's a, almost this thing where you're jealous of Lance Armstrong because he's so successful and he's such a, a world class athlete. So when he does something that is not is impure, it's almost like it gives you a chance to hate someone you've already hated. Yeah. It's like, the, I hate that. I'm jealous that I hate him. And now I can really fucking dig it in. Now I finally like, got the fuel. Yeah. It's like with Bernie Madoff. Like, they, yeah. uh, like people, I remember people talking about how they should have, sh- they should hang him. I'm like, do you realize all that guy did was steal money from rich people who should have known better than to get a deal like that? You don't get a fucking return like that unless you're an idiot. What kind yeah. of idiot's like, ooh, I got this special guy. Maybe you can get in with him. Maybe you'll get a bunch of money back. Like, you lost all your money. You should yeah. know better. You should know that... <laughs> this is a sure thing. Yeah. Okay, Uh-oh. if it's a sure thing, it must not be real. Because yeah. yeah. must be fucking doing something illegal. But you're just going to pretend like you don't know. Like I'm going to pretend I don't know what he's doing because it's going to make me a fucking butt- buttload of money. And those people probably went to their went to their friends and bragged about like how like, hey. Yeah. You guys are idiots for not being me. Not being... Not, you don't know Madoff. I know Madoff. I might be able to get you in there, but you know I don't know if I can... And then it's like the people who are actually criminals, like much like significantly thousand times more criminal activity, like the like the fucking banks. They don't. Nothing happens to them. No one wants to to hang them in the trees, you know. Yeah, but I'm uh, trying to talk about this is such, such a tangent. Talking about the marathon. But so <laughs> I'm training for the marathon, right. and it's like this weird charity thing. And then uh, uh, my mom, she's. I, I don't even want to say her age on here. Uh, she's not like so old, but she's she's <laughs> doing doing great. But yeah. I feel like it's a rude thing to say her yeah. age. But uh, she's for the first time in her life, she's training for a marathon, right. and she's she's gonna do it. And uh, they all of a sudden hear about this Hurricane Sandy thing yeah. happening, and uh, like my flight was leaving like the next day and from I, LA I, I to get, New York get an email from the who like I think it was whoever was mayor at the time I guess it was de Blasio Bloomberg I think was mayor at the time I don't know I just like saying de Blasio uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's like him and the commissioner of the race like we're like it's happening if we have to reroute it we'll reroute it uh, you know so like get to New York get to New York it's gonna happen the marathon's gonna be real and so, and my flight gets canceled, so I'm able to reroute it to Boston mm-hmm. and my drive with my mom from Boston to New York. And so I fly into Boston. I'm, we're in the Bronx, and all of a sudden, 
there's an announcement that the race has been canceled. Oh, okay. And so I, in the wake of hurricanes, I wasn't in Hurricane Sandy, but in the wake of it, I was <laughs> in New York and people were like, oh man, so, so messed up that they tried to run the marathon. And I'm like, eh. they said it was going to happen. Everyone was like, oh, if you, determined. if you run the marathon, people are going to throw tomatoes at you. And like, why? Cause, because, they had all these porta potties and all these generators set yeah. up in Staten Island, and Staten Island was like ravaged, and uh. Uh, and they wouldn't let people use the porta potties or use the generators. Weird. So that was that was weird. It's like some just some classic bureaucratic bullshit. But I, I also think it's funny that the 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 hatred that people were. Uh, assigning aiming to, yeah. to, towards the people participating in the race. Oh uh, yeah, it's you, got, you have to hate something. So you're gonna yeah. hate the person who just wanted to run a fucking race. <laughs> Look at you, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you hey. can run anywhere. Hey, you could have run. Why don't you run back home? Oh, you live here. Why don't you don't? <laughs> why don't you don't live here and run to a place that doesn't uh, is not affecting me in a way that I don't really care about. I need a fucking generator. Why don't Why don't you run to a new place? Why don't you run to a new... You're listening to Why Don't You Run to a New Place here with Sam Brown and Jim Jackson. Hello. Can I... Will you tell me that story you told me the other night? Which one? The one about your dad. Oh, yeah. I found it to be... I kept thinking about it. Because it's something where... I didn't tell you this, but I my grandfather... I feel so weird saying grandfather because I've always said grandpa. But when I say grandpa, I feel like a kid. My grandpa... But my grandpa was a uh, he. What do you what do you say say for your your granddad? What do you say? What's the word you use? Uh, what did you grow up saying? Grand, grandpa Bill. So you say grandpa or grandpa. grandpapa? Yeah, grandpa. Yeah. So my grandpa. grandpa, he's not around anymore. Has been for a long time. But he used to be an Air Force mechanic. Oh. He used to work on A10s in Louisiana. The A10 oh, Thunderbolt the, the tank. Tank yeah, the tank plane. Plane, yeah. It's kind of with the fucking Gatling gun on the tip and the yeah, with ex- warthog, right? A ten warthog, warthog, yeah, yeah. Yep, the gun that goes. It's like how many rounds went off? Oh, uh, several thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a cool plane. It's a fucking cool plane. He used to work on those, so I was really interested in airplanes growing up, and like, I just thought that stuff was really cool. The Navy and the Air Force, and uh, I was, I mean, I'm surprised that I didn't even go into that shit but either way I, when you tell me that story I just was like oh this is so fascinating I, I th- am I allowed to tell it what do you mean like in terms of uh, I, I mean I don't know I, you know, you're allowed here yeah I mean I'm, I'm like wondering s- like, national security it, wise like am I going to get someone in trouble I don't know who you get in trouble uh, yeah I mean the, the guy who told me the story maybe yeah. If, uh, I mean, for there's two things here. I'm honored that you think this podcast <laughs> has the scope enough to <laughs> to do something. You never like know, that. though. I mean, you never know, but also you do. <laughs> also, you kind of like you never know, but uh, you also never know if we're gonna die in about three seconds. Right, from uh, yeah, true. If a fucking uh, piece of rebar comes flying through here and kills us both. <laughs> true, true. But um, uh, if you don't want to tell it, you don't have to. I just think it's really interesting because. It's just fascinating. It's like all those things where. Um, no, all right. Here, yeah. Here's what I'll do. Okay. Because when's this going to go up? Well, probably like in a week or two. All right. Cool. Yeah. So if you want to, I'll tell it. Tell it, and I'll ask my mom 
if she thinks it's okay that I told it. Okay. And if she's like, ah, don't, you can edit it out. Okay. And we'll edit like right here and everyone will be like, oh, that story was so good. Yeah. That they, it was classified. D- That's the marker right there. Uh, so uh, anyway, so yeah, my dad, he died when I was nine months old. Okay. Uh, in a, a plane crash in the Navy. He was a lieutenant in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my whole life I... I didn't know too many details right. about it, and uh, I, I mean, you must have had some. Like, what did you? What were you told growing up? What was like for the longest time? What did you think was the deal? I heard that he was running. I heard like the truth, but not like a, an elaborate version. So you heard that the, this plane uh, crashed. That his plane crashed when he was running a drill. Mm-hmm. Over the Indian Ocean, and this is in the Navy, and he was a he was a pilot. He was a pilot, mm-hmm. uh, uh, navigator, pilot. I, I'm I mean, I'm I'm actually not even sure if he okay. was like a pilot, pilot, but he like definitely like was. He's in the cockpit, man. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, um, he wasn't in no infantry ditch. But uh, so he. Uh, um, and I hope I get the details right. You well, know, if, if you I, don't, you know, it's okay. If if I'm I'm like now thinking all oh, my like dad's flight school buddies somehow hearing about this podcast. I and I'm going to check this out and then listening to it and be like, that's bullshit. Well, I, perfectly honestly, I think the podcast the best part about them is saying things wrong and being allowed to get corrected <laughs> later. You can send yeah. it to live to tape podcast at gmail dot com, but no one people don't yeah. care. Especially if you say this might be wrong. Then people don't give a shit. But if you were like, "This is what definitely happened," then someone's like, uh, "Actually, so uh, yeah, I don't think it matters." So my my dad's, uh, so yeah, I went through it my whole life. Like, no, my dad was in a, a naval plane crash. It was in some drill. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a, a real wartime thing. It was right. like because uh, there was something going really going on. That I don't except think except for so. maybe proxy Cold uh, War stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he, th- my mom recently said something that she like a, a couple weeks before s- he mentioned he got shot at. Wow! So maybe he got shot at by a MIG. Uh, yeah, because uh, they were out in the Indian Ocean. Right. They're out there, and uh, so it's A threes. They're these huge. They look like those refueling planes, basically. Okay. They're they're these. Uh, it's like an updated B two, maybe. Yeah, they're big jets. They they were designed to. Uh, Drop the A bomb, and by the time they were in production, the uh, um, like ICBMs were a thing. So Which it's is like land based. It's just not how we do A bombs right. anymore. Uh, and so they they threw some cameras on it, and they're all and they're like, all right, now this is a reconnaissance plane. Mm-hmm. So Which means they can go really high up. So they can go really high up, and mm-hmm. uh, so my dad was on this aircraft carrier, and uh, his buddy. The guy who was telling me this story uh, was the guy who made the schedules, and uh, he was his buddy was scheduled to do like the like nine a.m. flight. Mm-hmm. My dad was on the schedule for the f- for like the six a.m. flight, and my dad was like, "Hey, uh, you know the flight tomorrow? Uh, you know you have to wake up because you're running the schedule and doing all that stuff, anyways. Uh, do you want to switch?" And you can like sleep in. Right. Uh, so the guy's like, yeah, sure. So they switched. Guy goes out, does his his flight. It's like quick, like 
brought some guys up, right. came back, and uh, they did what you call a, a hot refueling, mm-hmm. which is uh, they don't even turn the jet off. Right. They keep the engine running while they refuel it on the deck. My dad gets in the plane uh, with the other two pilots, and then I think it was three more guys get in the back of the plane right. uh, as like part of like their test. Now, what they're doing is they're flying out beyond radar range, and then they get in a holding pattern, and then they get word from the aircraft carrier, and they basically they, they like head back towards the aircraft carrier full speed towards the deck, so that it appears that the aircraft carrier has a missile shot at right. it. And so you're testing the radar of the aircraft carrier. So uh, anyways, they, they, they don't hear from the plane. Mm-hmm. And this guy's on the deck, and he's like, hey, uh, anyone, anyone heard from the plane? Uh, uh, and I guess, like, the thing is, like, they, like, didn't really, like, the, the A3s were at the bottom rung of priorities for the aircraft carrier. Okay. And so they were like, oh, we don't know. Call this other place. And they're like, Do you, have you guys heard from the A3? And they're like, oh, I guess not. Uh, you know, like, let's, let's um, you know, like scan for signals or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they f- get a distress signal. And they pick up this guy in a life raft. Uh, there's one of the guys in the back of the plane. They bring him in. The guy, his teeth were knocked out. All of his teeth. All of his teeth were knocked out. His head was so swollen you couldn't see his ears. Wow. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and his his throat was like slit basically, mm-hmm. but he you know he's just like beat to barely hell. alive. And so my dad's buddy is the guy who actually did the like debriefing interview of this guy to find out what happened. Right. And so what he said was they were they were in the holding pattern. They were flying. I think they were way way up high. Yeah. Uh, Probably maybe I'm, 50, maybe I'm getting. Feet. I think like thirty-five thousand feet. That's high. Uh, That's commercial airline. And so they're up there, and all of a sudden the plane shakes one way, shakes the other way. The guy blacks out. This guy's sitting in the middle of the plane. Mm-hmm. He blacks out, and he wakes up, and he is no longer in the plane. He is flying through the air. His Hands are freezing cold, like so cold he can't really move them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's he's hurtling towards the earth, as you do when you're not in a plane. Right. And he gets his hand on the, the parachute, you the know, rip cord. the rip cord, and just in case it doesn't automatically go off. And at that moment, he realized he is uh, he he is not feeling right that like mm-hmm. he's stiff now the my dad's friend who told me this story said that this guy made like seven decisions that saved his life <laughs> seven that's so there many so many chances to go wrong a bunch of things that went right so that this guy survived mm-hmm. uh and so he's he's in the air he re- he gets his hand on the rip cord uh just in case that when it gets to the certain altitude and it doesn't go off mm-hmm. that he can with the parachute, but he realizes something's wrong. He realizes he is still in his seat from the plane. He's still strapped in. He's still strapped in, and his parachute is on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he were to pull the ripcord or if the ripcord would go off, and his, his parachute would just misfire, yeah. and he would hurtle toward, towards the, the earth and die, uh-huh. you know, gravity and all. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
So he has to get out of his seat. One side of his seat has the the release for his emergency pack. Right. The other side is the release for the seatbelt. Right. So it's it's fifty fifty there. Mm-hmm. Chooses correctly. Seat fl- flies away. He's fine. Uh, the parachute does not go off. At the al- with the altimeter. With the altimeter. Yeah. Pulls the ripcord. Luckily, it's a good shoot. He's now he's headed towards uh, the ocean, mm-hmm. uh, the Indian Ocean, Pacific Ocean, uh, and he he sets off his his uh, raft. And I, I don't know if this was an accident or if this was something that he did, but right. luckily it, it only half inflated because if it fully inflated, it would have just caught wind and. Floated, flew off, and right. there's no way he's going to catch up uh-huh. to it. So half inflated, landed in the water. He swam over to it, uh, inflated the rest by by his mouth, uh, and then uh, he had to set off the emergency beacon. Well, he sets it off. It, does, it doesn't go off, but I guess a lot of guys back then would, uh, because a lot of stuff in the 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 military would like you know malfunction. They would go and they would buy their own equipment uh-huh. as backup, and he had a uh, um, a backup emergency beacon, uh, and he goes to turn it on, and then realizes if they if he turns it on, they're not like the the soonest that anyone would be there to save him is an hour and a half. It's mm-hmm. like an hour and a half before they're going to even realize that they're not there. Right. And so he does not turn on the emergency beacon, waits the hour and a half, turns it on. The batteries would have died. Right. So turns it on. He gets rescued. Apparently, they were talking to the doctors afterwards. And if the batteries died, <coughs> it would have been... Impossible to find him. Impossible to find him. And the doctors said that if he were to, to spend one night out on the ocean, he would have died to mm-hmm. of exposure. And so they get him, and that's all he remembers from any of this is like that's it. Yeah. So there's no like, I don't know, you don't know anything else. No. Yeah. yeah. And that that it was really weird because I'm 36. Right. That happened this year, just after my maybe just before my 36th birthday, uh-huh. uh, and that is the most my mom's heard about this. And that she heard about this very recently. Yeah, that that was like, I was there when she heard. Th- like yeah, what was her reaction to hearing all that? I th- I think it gave her a little closure. I mean, she right. she was kind of like her attitude towards the whole thing was like, the more I know, isn't going to bring him back. Yeah, uh, and so she she was like, this is fascinating, but yeah. at the same time, like. I think especially at the time that, that it happened, she was like, I don't need to know all the details. So I think she was she was happy that she got more details right. and more understanding of what happened. And That's crazy because you maybe never really know exactly what happened. But yeah. But you never know. Yeah. Was that, was that really – was growing up without him, was it something where – because I don't, I guess I have it no was point of reference. It was a blast. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, uh, no. you'd probably have no. almost no memory. 
Or if you do have memory of yeah. pie, a lot of it's blending b- from what? No, I, I have like zero. M- yeah. I was nine months old. I have like yeah, so zero nothing, yeah. memory. Uh, but you know, yeah, I think I think I always grew up with like this kind of. Uh, I don't know if it was like a chip on my shoulder, but mm-hmm. always this feeling of like, why do other kids get to have a dad? Did you have someone who kind of? Oh, go ahead. I, I uh, this is kind of a lame story, but uh, I remember as a kid, uh, I used to be a fan of the show uh, Doogie Howser. Yeah. And I think the me like too. The big, the big sad moment of me not having a dad was I was watching an episode of Doogie Howser, and in this episode. Um, this this kid gets in a uh, a motorcycle accident, right. and his dad comes to the the hospital furious that he was driving a motorcycle when he told him not to, and is so mad he has a heart attack. Oh! And then they have this moment where they kind of reconcile with each other, and that night, both being in the hospital, they have a little like tete uh, a a little nice moment, right? And uh. Then he, the dad, has some complication and he dies for real. Jeez. Uh, after after the fact, it was an emotional show. And yeah, and the whole the whole resolve was like was like, oh well, it was either he was upset because he never got to say goodbye to his dad, mm-hmm. but he had this. No, no, I it was. It was upset. He was upset, but he was like, at least I got to say goodbye. Right. And then there was this realization that I had where it was like, wait a second. I never even talked to my dad. Right. Like that's. And then I remember like it like really hit me. And, and I went to my mom and she was like, no, I mean, like you commu- make noises at him and yeah. you would communicate with him and he loved you. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you guys communicate. Yeah. There was some. That that's always there. It just wasn't like a two adults. It was like a yeah yeah. I, w- I was like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an adult talking to a dog. Uh, but yeah, that was that was like the like moment where I think you know like it was like where not having a father really hit me. And it's funny that it involves the show Doogie Howser. I think that TV sometimes gets uh it gets um a bad rap, even though. There's, there were, I think like there were a lot of lessons in sitcoms that, dude. Yeah. I remember thinking about. It. My dad didn't talk to me about anything serious ever, but one time there was an episode of Wonder Years I was watching in the bedroom. So I like to watch TV in their bedroom for some reason. I like to watch on this little TV, and the chair instead of watching it in the big TV downstairs. So when they when they would go out on Friday, or I would watch like fucking just hunker down and watch <laughs> hours of TV, <laughs> TGIF, you know. This uh, episode of of the Wonder Years where Kevin gets a job as uh, he's working at his hardware store for this old man. And it's like it's like the good the job with the old surly guy, but he really wants to work on the food court at the mall, where at this stupid little burger shack and have a paper hat. Yeah. And I remember my dad kind of watching over my shoulder, and I think Kevin ends up getting the job with the paper hat because we were with his friends, and my dad was like, "Oh, that's." Remember that, Johnny. And I'm always asking my dad, like, which which is it? Is it which is the the lesson? Is it that he shouldn't have gotten the paper hat job, or he should have stayed with the old man and had the job? It's like a character building job. And I remember asking my dad, like, 
afterwards to clarify that. And he didn't even know what he was talking. He didn't remember. <laughs> and it's something that stressed me out for years and years. Like, wh- what's the thing? What's the thing that our, the lesson that our family that you would tell me is the thing? Because <laughs> that's literally the only thing you've ever told me that's advice. <coughs> is a comment on a fucking TV show that had a lesson in it. Have you gone back and watched that episode? I haven't, and I, I, I probably should actually, because it probably would make sense to me, because I'm sure the the producers of the show very clearly show what's the right thing. Yeah, and I think it might have been what Kevin did, which was just get the dumb, stupid <laughs> job and be with, like, I don't know. I, I you think it was get the. It sounds to me like the 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 lesson would be like, oh, there's there's, you know, there's something special about like. A character building job. I don't see. Maybe I'm m- mischaracterizing it, but maybe it's a thing where it's more like, uh, like the idea of being progressive versus regressive and nostalgic. I think maybe the old man thing was like, sort of. Uh, you know, I guess I just have to watch it. But I think maybe it's a thing where. Should we look? I mean, God, I wonder if we can, can even look it look up. up the, the Kevin Kevin works at a hardware store versus. The job at the fucking, with the the Burger Zone or the Kevin Orange Julius. Arnold. Kevin Arnold. God, what a show, man. What a show. You know what's a great song? Doom, 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 doom. That was the production company. Remember <laughs> that shit? <laughs> yeah. Doom, 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 doom. Sit, boo, boo, uh, sit. Hoof, good dog. The, um, What's a good song? Uh, with a li- the Joe Cocker with a little help from my friends. Like oh yeah. I remember in New York, I, I like would DJ sometimes. I would like just go to a bar and uh, play, you know, classic rock records, and they would give me a couple drinks and a free meal. And a uh, couple drinks and a free meal. And I was like, you know what? This song is more than just the Wonder Years theme yeah. song. I'm gonna play it, and people would be like, yeah, man, I haven't heard this in forever. This is a really heavy track. What would you do? But isn't it a Beatle, technically a Beatles song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a, but all Joe Cocker, Joe Cocker didn't really write any original I, songs. I have no, I don't know shit about Joe Cocker. Really? really? Oh, Joe, Joe Cocker's great. You should check out Mad Dogs and Englishmen. I think I if might you can not see the like movie. Joe Cocker. Oh, really? I think I, it's like it's one of those things where it's a little bit too much rock about rock for me. Almost like uh, George Thorogate or something. No. No. Because... <laughs> Do you like Leon Russell? I like him okay. He like like a most of like a lot of like Joe Cocker songs are Leon Russell really? covers. It's basically like h- him like taking other people's songs and dressing them up. Okay. Like and like really belting them out. And yeah, because he could sing. Yeah. He had that real cock on him. <laughs> <laughs> he really spray uh, that cock out. Yeah. Oh, cocky Joe. Uh, you developing any sort of information here? Are you getting anything? My sort of father's uh, office. I mean, this is a lot, a lot to be said here. Um, this is probably not the best. Uh, wait, let me see. I think there's like four episodes where he gets a job. Gets a his, how many? That show was on for fucking ever. Giovanni Ribisi was on that show. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, so was Marilyn Manson. The hardware store. That's it. Marilyn Manson was not on no, this. No, that was the, remember that. That, that was the, the rumor. It was so great. I really did believe it for the longest of time. Did you like uh, Marilyn Manson? I didn't love him, no. But like, the older I get, the more I, the more I like what he was about. My girlfriend Britt, she was a huge Marilyn Manson fan. But uh-huh. She was a goth. You know? 
She's I didn't. A goth. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't into the whole goth thing. Neither I was wasn't, I. But then when I got to college, uh, people were like, "You should go. You should go back and listen to that Mechanical Animals mm-hmm. album where he's doing like a Bowie thing." And I checked it out. And I really like that album. Maybe I'll go check it out again soon. All right. Okay, uh, you got the description here for us. Fed up with the low pay at his first regular job, Kevin decides to try for a job at the mall where he can meet girls. He demands a pay raise, not expecting to get it. When he does, he quits anyways. Hmm. <laughs> so maybe it was stay at the stay at the hardware store. The hardware store. Because that sounds sort of like a little bit of entitlement teaching there, right? Like yeah. You want something, you want something, and you, and you, then you do the thing you think is going to make it happen, and you get it. I don't know. That's a tough it's one. It's like you think you're not appreciated, but you are appreciated. That My dad told me that. My dad also told me, I think, sometimes it's your advantage for people to think that you're crazy. But I realize that's also <laughs> what Thelonious Monk said that, not my dad. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I feel like I, I don't really have any sort of, um, like, you know, oh, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I had a dad, but I don't. We didn't have a tight, close enough relationship. He's still he's still around, by the way. Hey. <laughs> I, we didn't have a close enough relationship to really. Gl- I didn't really glean a lot of uh, information or advice. He wasn't present enough, emotionally or physically, to really like. I, you know, what I mean, like you have. Here's a lesson. It wasn't that quintessential thing? Here's a lesson. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure there's a TV show that that has this same lesson. Yeah. You still got time. Exactly, I agree with you on you that. Still got time. I definitely still have time. I would say there is not there's not time for me to redevelop as a person though. <laughs> like I am, I'm who I am because of the things that happened to me. So there's that, but there's definitely you're definitely right. There still is time to, to to bond and all that stuff. But in terms of, <laughs> like, your formative years, which I only recently realized. Has its has, has its roots in the word formation. <laughs> I was thought I meant really? like former, but it doesn't. I think oh, it's yeah. more formative. Like, oh, this is when your all the cells are multiplying and coming together in your brain and making you out to be a, a serial killer or someone who loves animals. Like, it's you're you're forming yeah. ideas and pathways in your brain. Oh, this was the season where they they went to the lake. <laughs> that was the pilot or the 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 season premiere. I they, have no they recollection of saw that. Saw Planet of the Apes at the drive-in. Uh-huh. Uh, remember that. So okay. here's a, here's a, the Wikipedia description. It's okay. a lot more substantial. This is so. awesome. Do you want you want to read it? Uh, after yeah, is that, is that yeah, okay? I, I think it's great. Uh, after Jack gets him a summer job at Harrison Sons. Jack's his dad, right? I think so. And Jack, he's a Korea vet, right? Thanks. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to Korea. A- after Jack gets him a summer job at Harrison Sons Hardware Store in town, Kevin dislikes the way his boss, Mr. Harris, orders him around. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kevin, Paul, and their new friend, Lewis, begin Lewis. hanging out at Hillcrest Mall, and they see a classmate, Robbie Cash, Robbie Cashin. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by girls while working at the burger cage, which of course inspires Kevin. Of course, inspires Kevin to <laughs> want to work there too. Kevin was such a hornball. <laughs> uh, Kevin tries to quit his job at the hardware store several times, but Mr. Harris offers to pay Kevin more than what the burger cage would offer him, making 
him feel obligated to stay. Mm -hmm. Later, when Kevin sees that his father would rather go to the mall because it's more convenient, he realizes that the world is passing his slow-paced employer by. Hmm. So Kevin briefly takes the job at the burger cage, but in later but in later life he remembers the old-fashioned service ef- ethic that Mr. Harris represented. Still, I, I'm, honestly, I'm still torn. I'm still like legitimately like I don't know what I the feel lesson like, was. Yeah, I feel like that's a weird one to be like. Remember this lesson because mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a cla- like. I would have if I was the producer on yeah. this show, I would have notes. Yeah, but also it could have been a thing where my dad, as usual, wasn't really watching Chief. He was hovering. <laughs> yeah, and he was he didn't get everything, and he just saw the the climax of the st- of the story, and. That was all the information needed to, to say. That's something to learn. It connected with that about was the old ways. Yeah, but, I don't know. There's something to say about being progressive too. Maybe there is shit that's gonna get, gets left behind. You do get left behind nowadays if you don't if you don't keep up, if you don't like move forward. But the old the you know maybe he was saying like he's like you know I I have information to give you. I have information. My dad was saying this? Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? That's a good, you know, you may go on to new things and, right. and innovations will happen. People will, you know, like, people will be into YouTube and everything. But, <laughs> like. Maybe you should host your own video. There's something There's something <laughs> to be learned from the old ways that did it. The E-bombs world. Ah, yes. There's something still to, you know, there's a lesson there. To be happy. And having to pay for the. The, the content that you're hosting. Having to pay exorbitant fees to create potential bandwidth <laughs> for your viral product. You know, I, I, I think that, that, yeah. So what, so what we're saying is that, you know, it's, it's, it's a privilege to get to post things on the internet. Yeah. And to be exposed to all these people and that we should, we should be grateful for the fact that we get this platform. Mm-hmm. This platform right here. The this platform is a great platform. That people are listening to us on. This platform that people are playing to pussin on is a great privilege. Yeah. Life is a privilege. Yeah. Dogs is a privilege. I once heard it best by a drunk on an airplane who almost <laughs> got kicked off. Dogs is the best people there is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy one time sitting next to Britt uh, and I, I think sitting between us maybe, I don't know. Oof. I was sitting at the window, Britt was sitting in the middle, and this guy was in the aisle. Or maybe... I don't even know. Yeah, if, if he was sitting in the middle, no. I mean, I think the right thing to do there is be we'll like, switch. hey, we, we trade. He was in the window. If he wanted the middle still, you're like, you're a weirdo. I'll tell you what it was. So it was bad. He was in the window. Britt was in the middle. I was in the aisle. <laughs> and he was doing Jack and Coke doubles, like through the whole flat, probably four or five of them. And he got ripped. But he got so ripped that he started asking us our names over and over again. What was your name? What was your name again? And talking about his dogs. He was like a welder. His job basically is what I based my what I have now based my lie to Lyft and Uber drivers about what I do. Because <laughs> I mean, he was coming back from South America welding like massive fucking uh, what do you call those things on an airplane like the the fins that move the air the propel the propeller blades. He was yeah, welding oh yeah. these massive blades on a hydroelectric dam in like Peru or. Oh. Costa Rica or some shit. He's just a, he's a union welder, right? Yeah. He gets paid a fucking buttload, but he's out there for two months or however long, either for three weeks, away from home, 
got his welding mask that's covered in stickers, and he misses his dogs a lot. And I always think about that. That's like basically what I tell people I do if they ask what I do. Because it's that's like, oh, good. I don't know shit about that. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm, a, I'm an industrial welder or industrial designer. Have you seen that show, uh, Patriot? No. What is that? Oh, it's amazing. It's Patriot? Patriot. This, this show, I'll tell you, there's two types of people. There's people who haven't seen Patriot uh-huh. and people who love Patriot. What channel is it on? It's an Amazon show. Okay. Uh, and, and not that many people have seen it, but everyone I talk to that, that has seen it is like, oh, that show's great. Damn. Uh, but it, it has, it, it's a guy who's like a, like a, a kind of like government, he's like a, a government agent that's like off the record. Okay. He's like a knock, off the books. a knock agent, you know, like he's sleeper. Uh, there's, there's no, uh. You know, like he's doing stuff that the government can't have a record of. Okay. And so, uh, black sites, black ops. So basically, there, there's been a uh, uh, there's been a helicopter crash in Iran, uh-huh. and it kills the guy who's running for the prime minister of uh, right prime minister. Of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Lead- I don't know what they do over there. <laughs> The I don't lead, know what they do in Iran. The leader of the guy who's the front runner for the leader of Iran uh-huh. dies. The guy who's who he's running against is this like kind of extremist character. Uh-huh. So there's people in the US government who are like, hey, we gotta we gotta um trick him out. We gotta get the guy not take him out, but fund the guy that the other guy that he's running against. Don't take him out, just uh, do something about him. Just 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 all right, go on there and fund the guy who's uh, according. <laughs> that's that. That one's great. Wow. This is a pretty good one. Yeah. Okay. So don't, don't take him out. Just just fund the guy that he's running against. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, so the agent, the agent that they end up using for this is 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 the the guy who's like mission and it's his son, and he's uh, he's worried about his son. Yeah, and his son is so he's this knock agent who has uh, been involved in a uh, a thing that went wrong in Egypt, and place where things go wrong. And because they they just need they got him out of he was a prisoner in Egypt for a little while they got him out and they couldn't just bring him back to the U.S. Right. So they had him living in Amsterdam for uh-huh. for like a year. Yeah. So he'd just been getting stoned and becoming a uh, folk singer in Amsterdam. As his cover. Not as his cover, just as like he's just in Amsterdam. Oh, but in a way, it's kind of his cover, right? Because he's got to do something. Right? He's got to do something. So he's just playing, but he's also like singing about his life very literally and about the stuff he shouldn't be talking about. God, I can't wait to watch this tonight. Uh, this is and this is the first five minutes of the show that Damn. I'm describing. So basically, he gets tasked with bringing money to Iran to fund the uh, the the opposition. Mm-hmm. But you can't just bring money to Iran. So what That's he good. needs to do is he needs to get a job at a Milwaukee uh, welding plant, like a piping plant, yeah. and pose as someone who knows how to do this certain type of welding and knows all this information. So he can go there. So he can go to Luxembourg and then to Iran, because this is the only company in America that deals with Luxembourg in Iran, and Luxembourg's where he needs to transfer the money, and yeah. because of some loophole there, and so, 
and then the the big wrench in it is that because he's been kind of just like living alone and uh folk like singing folk singing he's become really depressed he's become <laughs> like like what would you do if you lived in amsterdam smoked weed all day and lived a lie like he's become <laughs> like clinically depressed and because he's like clinically depressed he's like there's an edge lost to what he does but he's still really good and mm-hmm. it's great and it's it's a show that's about family it's about him and his brother who's a, a governor his terry o'quinn plays his dad uh-huh. who's the one who like does work for the government on the record right. who has to like oh he's like his liaison of yeah sorts. and um what's what's the guy from uh robocop that plays the um Paul Stevenson. No, the the Mel the, Tillman. The bad, the he's the the dad on that '70s show. Oh, uh, Red Buttons. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's red on that. Yeah, the red, I don't uh, I don't remember his name, but he talks like this. Is he, yeah, you're you're an idiot. You're an, Eric. You're an idiot. A girl's never gonna open you're up a for that. Dumbass. You're a fucking dumbass. Hey, Kelso. And then he, he's the bad guy. Kelso, you're a rapist. He's, yeah, I know. He's like the 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 boss. Okay. At the, at the place, and he's you're a, you. You're a real idiot here. <laughs> I'm uh, into it. So it's great. Patriot. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, what else can people, uh, if they want to get into Sam Brown, what can they get into? Uh, a number of shows at the pack theater check them out and i teach a sketch writing class at the pack theater uh i don't know i want i want to start one of these i want to start go ahead just do it there's no reason not to yeah just do it and surf you can catch sam on the waves here to there here to tokyo been listening anything lately that you'd like to share uh, uh, listening or reading anything uh, what have you been i've been i'm john have you been <laughs> i've been listening to, to some tangerine dream oh wow some prog rock they're fun that's some dad rock right there yeah Thank you for visiting, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Check out my uh, SoundCloud album, uh, Dog Dick, by Sam Brown. SoundCloud.com slash Dog Dick? Just search Dog Dick on on SoundCloud. Hey, everyone, just search Dog Dick on on SoundCloud. Search Dog Dick on SoundCloud, and you'll be be all the way there.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Live to Tape on the Fair. Uh, thank you for listening to Live to Tape. My guest today has been Sam Brown. Right, Sam? Right. 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 When? Now. Yes. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Hit and like. check out the Patreon page where you can find extras that you can't hear on the regular podcast page. If you gotta go, you know your number's about to get going. Check Johnny Pemberton on Twitter at the name Johnny Pemberton or Instagram at Johnny underscore Pemberton to get free content and to learn about show listings and dates. I'll be coming to the East Coast in March. March. Probably mid-March. March. March. Check out my tw- my Twitter at Sam Brown 42069. You got any shows coming up, Sam? Instagram at that Sam Brown. What about shows, baby? I've got uh, Lucy Goosey every Sunday at the Pack Theater at 8.45. And I've got Spoiler Alert the first Friday. February yeah. Yeah. at yeah. at night uh-huh. Friday yeah. at night where we will be doing a half hour version of Fifty Shades Free. Oh my Friday, God! February second. Buy a plane ticket and come check out Fifty Shades Free online. It will lie. Half hour, 50 shades freed. Spoiler alert. Thank you. Thank you.